2: Is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt
1: Alert,
2: Dirt Alert. All right, Miss
0: Holly. All right. Long time no see. Yeah, long time no talk, ladies. Uh, Let's give an update on a story that we talked about at the top of the 4 o'clock hour concerning Chrissy Teigen. So Courtney Stodden is talking to TMZ about Chrissy Teigen, saying that Chrissy Teigen never reached out to them, but sending Chrissy a message and uh, on how to feel better about being in the quote unquote cancel club. So Courtney was at a PETA event on Capitol Hill today. Talked to TMZ why they've been involved with PETA and uh, to get folks to stop eating meat. Now, Courtney said major strides have been made. But then, you know, asked about Chrissy Teigen saying still that. didn't
1: Chrissy and her Did you Last week, say she didn't Chrissy say she reached out to her yes. to try and apologize directly yeah, last so, week.
0: Yeah. Courtney Stodden is saying that that's not true. Oh, and they have no idea what Chrissy is talking about, but uh, they apparently want to move on from that issue. So Courtney Sutton, just ready to move on, was asked about it by TMZ. Yeah. Now well, then, there is some, you know, press in all of that. But again, just saying, hey, that's not true. And that's been Courtney's position this entire time is that, well, Chrissy's never reached out to me, even though Chrissy says that's the case. I wouldn't,
1: I, why wouldn't Chrissy Teigen reach know. out to her? it's really baffling I it is and then to lie and say that she did yeah i mean you just believe courtney because you know i mean otherwise christy would drop those receipts faster than you could say you know what she did on that one design right. project, oh i'm sure on
0: right? michael costello issued yeah. an official press statement and posted right. it on her instagram account right. and just it laid it out there yeah
1: yeah someone tweeted us and said do we think that maybe Chrissy Teigen is drinking again You
2: know, well, she, I saw her with a glass of wine because she quit in December, remember, and she said, feels so good. And I did see her with a glass of wine during a vacation, but I was trying not to judge. But now that we're talking about it, I'll say it.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know, honestly, hadn't really considered that before, but Chrissy has been open in the past about quitting drinking. And
2: at this point, anything.
1: Could be happening. Yeah, that's you, you true. You know, Cause I, cause I, I'm truly baffled by the, no, the stuff I, I she's No, yeah. I understand. But that's oh. very
2: interesting, Laurie, that you just said Panda. that.
1: Panda. Panda tweeted us. Because I, I did that. see that yeah. in okay. one of
2: the photos. And interesting mm-hmm. that you noticed that. Mm-hmm. I, I did, because she had just told us she didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So This is
1: the problem with living your life so out loud oh, on social geez, media. you're so judged on amazing.
2: everything. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to judge because they demand it. Well, it's put out there,
0: yeah. and we're talking about Chrissy Teigen. Mm-hmm. And the more that we talk about her, the more it pushes her name out in the public space. And Chrissy Teigen is a celebrity. That leveraged her social media presence yeah. into a lucrative business career. Yeah, that's true. So she started on Twitter. It was like, oh, look, the hot model is yeah. saying irreverent things on Twitter. Ah ha ha ha. And I, then she managed to leverage that into hosting I wonder gigs. how
1: many times mm-hmm. people sent her her cringe meme from the Oscars to her.
0: Oh, sure. That was a <laughs> cultural phenomenon. Right. Uh-huh, nice. I mean, and so yeah. exactly. Well, let's talk oh, about boy. Megan Fox. Okay. Yes. And she's sharing with us. That she decided to put down the bubbly after having a bit too much to drink at the 2009 Golden Globes. So she's sharing this in a new video with Women's Wear Daily. This, they're going back and they're doing this thing. Vogue does this too, where celebrities talk about their outfits from previous red carpets. And
1: she's got that movie coming out, Midnight in the Switchgrass. Yes. Which she said she didn't go to the premiere last night because of COVID. But my sources tell me because the movie is crap. This is the movie she's in with Machine Gun Kelly and Bruce Willis. Yes. And she's an FBI agent. Yeah. This is press for that movie or it's around that, the midnight. But I'm intrigued with the title. But once I found out Bruce Willis was in it and she was the FBI agent and Machine Gun Kelly is, I just thought this, I don't know, this movie Could be really bad. Well, you know, okay, before we talk about uh, Megan Fox at the
0: 2009 Golden Globes, a lot of people are speculating that Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules, she is the fiancé of the director of this movie. Oh, So people are saying that... Because they did
1: not show up. None of the three stars came to the movie premiere last night in L.A. Right. Well, Lala Kent... Posted a picture on
0: Instagram allegedly shading Megan Fox, so she's standing in front of the poster for Midnight in the Switchgrass. She's standing in the place where Megan Fox's picture is in this poster, so you can't even see Megan Fox. (laughs) Then over Megan Fox's name on the poster, she put in, so excited for this, basically eliminating Megan Fox. From any way, shape, or form in this Instagram post,
1: yeah, because it would have made all the difference in the world if Megan Fox and Megan and um, Machine Gun Kelly, they are their photo will be distributed everywhere. They're just hot. She would have worn something amazing. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and think of how thirsty
0: they've been on red carpets yes. the past couple of months licking each other's tongues right. yeah. barely wearing anything we would have been talking about this so it seems like they're trying to move away from the stinker you wouldn't even know that bruce willis was in this movie unless you would actively watch the whole
1: trailer, trailer yeah no so, idea so i think they used COVID as an excuse not to go to it and i think lala kent just confirmed it but she's got interviews and press to do right and So I like that she did her women's wear daily. What is she telling us in that one? Well,
0: one of the outfits that was shown was her dress from the 2009 Golden Globes. And she remembers of that evening. She doesn't drink now. And she said she was belligerent. And she said a bunch of bleep that I shouldn't have said on the red carpet after that. She said she got in trouble for whatever she said on the red carpet. She's like, I don't remember
1: why, but I know I did. And you can look that up. Oh, I did. Thank you. <laughs> Juliana Rancic did the interview. She called herself a doppelganger for Alan Alda. She called herself a quote-unquote tranny, which is a transphobic slur. Um, she said she was horrified and embarrassed to be at the show. And I had to give Juliana uh, props because I it was so awkward. And she also said, but maybe not. Maybe Juliana could ask her. And she also said, well, where's your darling husband, Brian Austin Green? Right? And Megan Fox said he he didn't want to be my date. He's the man. He has an ego. And Juliana was just so shocked. She didn't even follow it up, but yeah, she, she was saying she was drunk. Yeah. She was
0: saying she was drunk and she was drinking the booze on the table at the golden globes Mm. The kind that makes celebrities a little loose, but apparently it made Megan Fox a little too loose. She did save Brian Austin Green. She added on, I think he's probably working on his music and I don't think that he cares about watching
1: the show. Boy, she must be so glad not to be with him anymore. Yeah. I she, mean, even just think about the sad statement of that truthful thing that my right. husband doesn't want to be my date because I'm nominated and he's not right. I'm the big star and he's the nineties TV has been at that point. Did in Did he say that? No, but remember, you know, she's 20 or whatever <laughs> right, when yeah. she meets him and he's 35. And he's all that. And at that age, at that age difference, you're going to, the older person's going to be bossy. I'm sorry to a 20 year old. They just are. Well, yeah because you don't know yourself
0: when you're 20 years old and so then you don't even know that somebody's being bossy with you you just think that's the way it is so she just blurts it out yeah you blurt it out oh
1: that makes me so happy for her and machine gun kelly because they are Crazy for each other. Oh
0: my gosh, licking tongues left and right,
1: and Ooh, and she was know? the poster in his bedroom. Yes, yeah, yeah. she was. And you I know? bet Brian, and she dream doesn't... was the
2: poster in her <laughs> bedroom. Oh dear, how <laughs> is this going to end? No, I thought the same thing when you we were good before you said mm-hmm. that. Oh. Vintage scandal it was quite the scandal. All right. Okay, so
1: I am, this is, the scandal today is based on an actor who people would recognize him, but you might not recognize his name. We've posted um, on the Lori and Julia page a picture of the actor Danny Trejo. Okay, yes. And he is probably based on, uh, now his memoir just came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, the headline at the Daily Beast was, Is Danny Trejo the most lovably terrifying actor ever? And I am going to say that, yes, because he has 407 film Wait. credits to his name, but he is somebody that was has such an incredible life. He's 77 years old now, and he has a life that is like a movie could be made about his life. And he probably in his book, he says, I played inmate number one for probably the first 50 acting credits because he looks like this mean Chicano. He could be a gangster. He could be a biker, a murderer,
2: pockmark face, sort of. Yeah, Yeah. Just, just so, so
1: anyway, and people will know Danny, um, from the Robert Rodriguez movies like uh, Spy Kids, yes. Machete, Dust to Dawn. Uh I'll do some of his famous roles, but I'll just I just want to give you if some. If you of looked the- at a picture, you would know him in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat.
2: Because he's been in everything.
1: Four hundred and seven movie and TV Jeez. critics critics to his Danny name. Trejo. Trejo. And he was he's considered the first Chicano action star. And okay. he, his career. So by the numbers. He's age ten the first time he go he goes to a police station for being in trouble. He's twelve the first time he shoots up heroin. He's fourteen the first time he robs a store. He's uh, twenty five when he finally gets sober. He goes to prison for like ten years. And he's been killed on screen 65 times, okay? Oh, gosh. And his book is called Trejo, My Life of Crime Redemption in Hollywood. is a sobering, uh, entertaining book that is just like something out of the movies. So he... Uh, You know, he basically, he tells a story about, you know, he had a rough childhood. He was one of uh, the ninth of 11 kids.
2: Right.
1: He had an uncle, you know, who showed him how to steal, how to use heroin. At 11, at 12, wow. Yeah, just, just a rough life. So he... And he admitted, you know, he loved uh, fighting and drugging and drinking. And he did a 45-day run of drugging, dealing, and stealing in the mid-1960s that got him a 10-year prison sentence. Okay? And he was in Soledad.
2: Wherever that is.
1: California. Okay. High security. Not as famous as, um, uh, you know, the one where they send the San San Quentin. Yes. Mm -hmm. The one. Yes.
2: Okay, so... Anyway,
1: he's released from the joint in 1969 and he began a career doing full-time recovery work dealing with drug addicts. And he okay. got into the, and he found God in prison, yeah. you know, and yeah. he got into the movie business in the 1980s as an extra. And he met a man he'd met in a recovery meeting in 1985. And he said, listen, I'm on a movie set. There's a ton. No, it's 1985. There's so yep. much cocaine I'm afraid I'm going to start using. Right? I need you. I can get you a job as an extra. I need you to be there to keep me sober. Okay, wow. And okay. the movie was Runaway Train with Eric Roberts. Yes, and, Julia Roberts' older brother. That's right. And then he was, you know, he was like they couldn't believe it. And they, he was hired to fight Eric Roberts in a prison boxing scene because they're like, what? This is like, we got a better job for this guy because right. they couldn't believe how he looked. And he said uh, he worked for the first four years of his career as inmate number one. He said, I never had a name, but I got paid $350 a day. And, you know, he's uh, charmed people in Spy Kids, The Muppets Most Wanted, a very Harold and Kumar. But he said that... uh you know, basically, you know, he didn't really mind that he he was just so happy to be working.
2: Absolutely.
1: and 320 he, a day. Right, 320 a day. He writes about that one time when he got thrown in prison before he went to Soledad, he met Charles Manson in prison. Oh. He said he met him in 1961. They were both locked up in the L.A. County Jail. And he said he was just this greasy, dirty, scrawny, guy who was so poor he didn't have a belt he had a piece of string to keep his pants up and he was so small he needed protection charles manson charles manson okay and um he hypnotized the guys that were in the jail cell with him so it's danny trail and whatever the la county jail and manson was so good at convincing them that they were high and drunk. That they all, he says, we got high and drunk. This guy could have talked anybody into anything. It was was That
2: convincing. Charles Manson was. Wow. Yeah. So wow. that's one of the stories
1: uh, in in his book. And um, so anyway, when he he when he got cast in the Charles Bronson movie Death Wish four, and that was just like a machine. I, you know, how many Browns were there? some
2: movies oh my Death dad Wish. made us take all those movies yeah, yeah. so
1: he, he writes acting wasn't new to me I'd acted to survive my childhood I'd acted like I wasn't scared when I was terrified when I was in prison I acted to keep my sanity now I'm doing it for fun I just it was like a drug I was hooked and so on the set of Death Wish Four in 1987 um a veteran of uh, this veteran character actor named Perry Lopez. Was a legend among Latino actors, um, was walking the actors through a scene with Charles Bronson. Okay, And a younger actor looked at Perry Lopez, the Latino actor okay. legend, mm-hmm. and said, who the bleep made you the director? And Perry was just shocked. And I snapped and said, I did you little mother bleeper. Do what he says or I'll beat you to death. And standing over his shoulder is charles bronson hovering <laughs> he heard the exchange right and bronson gave me the once over and said i heard you're some kind of a drug counselor i like the way you counsel totally loved that he put that kid in his place right. for disrespecting right. the older actor who's trying to walk everybody through it um He also said when he filmed Muppets Most Wanted in London in 2013, he and Ray Liotta played convicts who sang and danced while prison guard Tina Fey gave Kermit the Frog a tour of the facility. And while on set, Treo learned that his mother had passed away. And right before we started um, filming, this is what Treo writes in his book, the puppeteer Steve Whitmore, who did Kermit, put the puppet close to my face and said in the Kermit voice, I'm so sorry your mommy died, Danny. And he said there's a rule that Steve was abiding by on that set is that when you are working with the Muppets, you always stay in character. And Steve was so sincere. Kermit was sincere. He scrunched up his face and that that puppet showed so much emotion. It cut through all the layers of hurt I was holding on to. I bolted off the set burst into tears, and to this day I'm convinced it was my mother who told Kermit to say something because I didn't even know she died. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I know.
2: We're talking um, about Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo.
1: Trejo. Also, overnight, he, said, he writes in his book, with Spy Kids, when he got cast in that, he said, I'd gone from being the bad guy, the Mexican stereotype, to someone kids could look up to. He said, over the years, I've probably heard, look, mommy, it's the man from Spy Kids in 40 different languages. Oh. And uh, he, in Machete, which is the adult expansion of Spy Kids, he got top billing for the first time, and he worked, you know, opposite Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and De Niro looked at him and said, number one on the call sheet, and Danny Trejo just, like, really couldn't believe it, but... He's been in our death wish. He dust to dawn con air. He He's handcuffed to a fixture in an airplane and he dies yeah, when yeah, it crashes. Yeah. Breaking Bad, he's decapitated and his head is placed on the turtle with the words Ola DEA. An epic scene in Breaking Bad. Okay. And when the DEA agent lifts his head off the turtle, there's a bomb under there and it explodes. Just yeah. epic. Like maybe season two. That him. was a
2: spoiler alert. Well, Julia,
1: this is from oh, I know, 2009. I know. I know. Predator, zombie. I mean, he's just had an incredible career. He just sounds like he's really well, had. And you know, he's quite been a journey in re-
2: recovery for so long. Yeah. He, he ends one of his famous quotes, Lori, is everything good that has happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So sounds just, like a neat guy. This sounds like a great book. book
1: yeah. Trail wow. my life of crime, redemption, and Hollywood, and he's got a gazillion Hollywood stories in there too. Yes, yeah, he I just does. I just touched on them. All right, thanks, guys. Listen, we come back. Uh, I've got a question for you, ladies.
2: I okay, mean, are you watching The
1: Hills reboot? You at know what? All? I I I watched the whole first season. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes, and I just. Their level of boringness, I couldn't handle.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, Spencer Pratt says the idiot castmates are sinking the hills reboot and that Justin and and Brody hate each other. And it's just so uncomfortable.
1: You know what it is? It's just like, I think it's depressing to look at people that were fun in their 20s that have become huge bores by their mid-30s, or they are so stuck, uh, you know, uh, like with being the yep. same person that they were in their 20s, yep. like the case with Bobby, whatever his name Justin is. Justin Bobby. Justin Bobby, you know, and, and the thing is, he's good looking and and stuff, so you can get away with so much more for so much longer when you're good looking or beautiful or whatever. Yes, yes. But it just, it feels, there's kind of a tired sadness about watching it. Really? Okay. For, that's for me. Like I liked seeing because it was fun to see them that last year, you know, and I was yeah. just watching everything and everything. But I just watched two episodes and it it did not please my little reality palette, which is very large, very all encompassing. But um yeah. It was it felt very contrived, kind of right. and sad, kind of, I don't know. No one else watches it, so no one, but you watched the hills back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. yeah, that was
0: appointment viewing at yeah. my apartment where my roommates are really into it. But yeah, you can see where it's just like, ooh, maybe we have, maybe it would be if you were interesting and you've, you've
1: evolved in a yeah. way. And I did be watch the you, first season because Mishka Barton was in, yeah, and right? she wasn't in a lot, but every time she was in, it made me feel sad for her oh. because I thought, oh. what else happened on the OC? There's something going on. I don't know. I Yeah. Where's Tate Donovan hasn't
2: surfaced in years? No,
1: but I mean she didn't uh she didn't she, go she didn't on last. the second right, season. Right, right. I think by her choice she realized I can do other things besides sure. this. I don't know what that Cameo. is. Yeah, I don't know what that mm-hmm. is, but um I'm very excited Liz Gillies is on uh, Andy Cohen Live or watch what happens live. You go who is she? Who's Liz Gillies? She plays Fallon on the reboot of The Amazing Dynasty on the CW. And she can say she's so good. She's the best thing on that show. She
2: is. She's amazing. Holly, do you watch any CW? I don't. Okay. Huh. Then I want to go back to this, because you guys both were talking earlier when we had on Neil Justin about Catch and Kill on HBO and Mm -hmm. why you guys are both enjoying it. Because we read the book. Well, we read the book, and we lived the story when it was all going down. But what is it about it that you like, that you're learning? Are you learning anything different?
0: I think it's interesting to hear the people's story from themselves. You know, you get to know people like uh, one of the accusers of Harvey Weinstein that worked at the Weinstein Company that was featured in the New Yorker piece by Ronan Farrow. And you get to hear from people. Okay, because
2: Ronan Farrow read the book to me a couple years ago. Right, and And he's in it. yeah. It's the the behind-the-scenes look at the
1: reporting of the story, which becomes the news. And he's also interviews other investigative journalists who tried to, you know, Kim Masters, who I think wrote for The Hollywood Reporter, and uh, Kevin Otleff, or I can't think of the guy's name, but he wrote for, like, The New Yorker. So he's also interviewing people. And I've only watched, like, two episodes. Okay, He's also interviewing other journalists because it was an open secret, but no one could get the... You gotta have facts. You gotta have proof. You gotta sure. have people talk. You can't just write whatever you want. Sure. That's what in touch does. Yes, you know. So I like that showing the journalism piece. Angle. Okay, and, and also mm-hmm. how hard it was for them to get anyone to go on, or that people tried
2: because he was so powerful. Harvey Weinstein was so powerful, but it was
1: also known.
2: Open secret. Got it. Yeah. You know, another interesting book that's coming out that came out
0: yesterday it's Perversion of Justice, the Jeffrey Epstein story by Julie K. Brown. So I think that that book also has that angle where she is telling how she was reporting on this story Epstein, yes. which was an open secret as well so i think that will be fascinating if you're interested in catching kill in that kind of reporting and that kind of story i
1: really i really am and he also i haven't seen the episode yet but he shares the story about he and his producer because he had a deal with nbc yeah Go out, NBC. investigate yeah. whatever you want and he'd been wanting to do a thing on hollywood abuse and that would make sense with his sister Ronan, you know, but he and his, but uh, f- f- but all of his pitches, all of them kept getting shot down, so we didn't get all of that in the book. Okay, we get more from him, I think, in this series, don't we, Holly? Yeah. About
2: you, just feel it. Maybe the time dereliction of duty. And-
1: what they did because of friendships at the top with yeah. Harvey and the advertising dollars that and came the, into and the, the corporation. To the
2: actors from the movies. Too. Yes, so he kind of controlled who could be on the show, and then. The money that would go into the morning shows. Yeah, and yeah. He, he really thought, I think, the
1: Hollywood casting couch was how he pitched it. And at first, NBC was all for it. And then when they found out the casting couch story would be Harvey, then they weren't. Mm-hmm. Oh, so
2: it, that okay, that makes me want to yeah. watch it more because I was just like, I read the book or listened to the book. And I'm just like, what new would what we glean from it? So it's... Different
1: HBO and each episode is a half hour, which is like your kind of bite sized beauty. I'd
2: take it if it's 10 minutes,
1: yeah. And and people are, I mean, I know Neil Justin gave it a thumbs up, but surprising, like it is, it is
2: well, they do such good work there,
1: yeah. And and you know, that Rona, the Alan versus Pharaoh, that got nominated for some Emmys.
2: I couldn't watch that, it's it's it it was a it was great documentary yeah. but
1: understand why you wouldn't I
2: it, started it was tough at, to watch. And and it, was it was hard just like, to watch. Oh I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just need joy. You yeah. know me? Yeah. I'm a little Miss Pop Tart.
1: Shem on <laughs> Apple Plus.
2: I wanna watch Shemaga Doon. Shimmega Doon. Shemigadoon. There's like a lot of songs. Do you know that song? We no. gotta go. Look at the time. Oh. Thanks Sally. Oh. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Have a hump day. Job done. Off you go.